Hello guys, great to be with you. Thank you very much for your welcome. It's great to be with you. It's awesome that you are not in holidays because otherwise we won't see each other. It's awesome, yeah. Thank you for coming. And today I have a really uh, deep message for me. It's a hard message about eternity because my father died this year. And when my father died, I thought about this topic about eternity. I know if you had this situation already that in your family a close person died, but when this is happening, you think about life again. And I want to talk about you about the topic of eternity, because in Psalm 90:12 it means teach us to number our days so that we remind ourselves that we will die, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The Bible is telling us, and we think about that we will die, we will be wise. If not, we are dumb. Okay, so normally this topic we don't like to talk about. One thing is for sure in your life, you will die one day. It's not so much motivation in summer, but it will be for sure one day you will die. But this topic we want, don't want to talk about, think about, we want to think about things we don't know if they will come. We talk about them, we think about them, about our profession, maybe our next holidays. We don't know if we'll be in this place in two years, three years, and we think about it, and the one thing what is for sure, we don't want to think about it. We are afraid. We don't like this topic, but the Bible is telling us, if you think about it, that you will die one day, you will be wise. So I will talk with you about this topic, eternity, and have like this illustration. I love this illustration. It's maybe not new for you, but it's the best illustration I know about eternity, because this is like a timeline, okay? We think, here's starting your life. This is your life on earth. I have given you 80 years. It's good, isn't it? 80 years, it's okay? This is all right. 80 years, you are... In a good shape, if you say 80 years. Okay, 80 years. One day, in 80, when you're 80 years old, you will die. And then this timeline would go on and on and on in our illustration. This would be eternity. This is the 80 years. And then, for all the times, it will go on to eternity. So our perspective on our life, and it doesn't matter if we are Christian tonight or not Christians, is normally only on this point of the timeline. We think about, okay... I have to study hard, maybe go in another country for one semester to study hard, then I can earn money here to enjoy life here. That's our normal perspective. Or if I'm very smart, I can have vacations when I go after my work time and in, in, in this time of life. We all think until there. And our most important goal is that this point must be as far away as it could be. So we don't think about what this, this belongs to all the eternity, what happens afterwards. And we want to go now in this perspective and think about this rope, this perspective, and we will look in the Word of God. The Word of God says about itself, it's like a mirror. And I don't know how much you watch looking in a mirror, but it's very interesting when a small child is looking in a mirror for the first time. He is like overwhelmed, a small child. Have you seen a small child in front of a mirror? It's like, whoa, this is me? No, can't be. And then it's testing like, woo, awesome, woo. And you recognize, so something is different in the mirror. Re right is left, left is right, it's not the same. It looks like me, but it's not the same. And the front is behind me, so it's very difficult. So is somebody here who is cutting 
his or her hair in front of a mirror. Is somebody here? Wow. So it depends how your hair looks like, if it's something good or not. My wife is cutting her hair in front of a mirror. I tried it as well. The problem is, what is in front here is behind here in the mirror. It's not easy. So it's me, but left and right, front and behind me is totally the difference. So when I look in the mirror for the first time in the Bible, and I'm not used to it, it's like, whoa, what does it mean? I don't understand. And maybe you read some sentences and you don't know the Bible is a living word that you see yourself, how God is watching your life. He wants to help you to have another perspective and you're overwhelmed. Maybe you look in the word of God and you don't know how to use it. Yeah. Hello. I read today about hell. Mm. I don't know if it's good. I'm a Christian. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense at the first time. Ooh, oh, that's nice. Hmm? Hello. So that's normally when you start reading the Bible and you don't know how to read the Bible, you think it's not working. It's, I don't know. But if you really understand that the Word of God is the living Word of God, you will see your life in a different way. Left will be right, right will be left. The perspective on your life will be totally different if you look in the Word of God. This we will do today, and uh, I will talk about a topic, because when my father died, I thought about the topic of the kingdom of God for the first time in a very deep way. In the Bible, it's very often talked about the kingdom of God. For example, the first message Jesus did, he said, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. One of the most important messages of Jesus Christ was that the kingdom of heaven came near. Then I'm a pastor, I studied theology, but I thought about what is the kingdom of heaven. I can tell a few things, but what is really the kingdom of heaven is maybe not so good to say it as a pastor, but some things I think I don't understand. Jesus preached about it very often. For example, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven and healing every disease, sickness among the people. He was teaching all the time about the kingdom of heaven. And after he died, after Easter, and he was after the resurrection, he had a camp with his disciples until he went to heaven. You know that? What did he do for all the times? For so many days, he teached about what? The kingdom of heaven. What did he teach there? And why is it not written in my Bible? It is the most exciting camp in history. The resurrected Christ was teaching for many weeks about the kingdom of heaven, and I don't have anything in my Bible about it. What did he tell them? I will tell you what I think, what is the kingdom of heaven. Because the kingdom of heaven means it's a kingdom. First of all, when you are Christ, if so you receive Jesus in your life, you not automatically live in the kingdom of God. Why? You can only live in a kingdom if you say yes to the king. So it means you can live in your, in, in your inner being, you can live in the kingdom of heaven where, you're out, where your normal being is in Zurich. So inside of you can live in the kingdom of heaven, but first of all, you say, God, you're my king. If he's not your boss, if he's not your king, you can't live in the kingdom of heaven. Inside. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven starts right now. He doesn't say one day when you die, when you're 80 years old, the kingdom of heaven will start. No, he said it starts right now in your heart, in your life. 
if you start saying yes to the king. The second thing you have to say yes to if you want to live in the kingdom of God right now, not after your death, right now, you have to say yes to all the rules and the law the king is giving to you. You can't live in a kingdom without saying yes to the laws of the king. You can try it, but you won't survive. So the, the law of God is the Bible. There are a lot of things in there where God is telling us how we can live if we want to live in freedom, in peace. When we're living in a world full of pain, full of illness, full of sickness, full of, full of injustice, inside of us we can live in peace in the kingdom of God if we say yes to the rules and the laws of God. If not, we can't live there. We are saved, but we are not safe. We are saved. One day I will be in heaven, the kingdom of God. But he wants to live with you right now in your, in your heart that you can live in this kingdom. And so they are like spiritual laws. And God wants you to live. So he created, for example, the nature. And he made like this uh, law of natures everywhere in nature. Why? Because he loves you and he wants you to live. For example, gravity. You know gravity? Maybe you didn't understand it in school, but... It's crazy. So, gravity means I can stand right here. And while I'm standing, the planet Earth is flying through the universe very fast, turning, spinning around very fast, and I'm standing here. That's gravity. Without gravity, I would do like this. I would fly around, it would go crazy because gravity means I can live. So all the laws of nature are that you can live. It's not against you, it's for you. God created them that you can live. All the spiritual laws as well are for you that you could live. It's not against you. But the funny thing is that, for example, just make this imagination with me. We have this law of nature. What would be if somebody would say, I don't like gravity. I'm against gravity. I will make a new party against gravity. I say, all the people, Zurich, who's, who else is against gravity? We are against it. We don't like it. We go on a high tower and we will jump down and then we see what happens because we don't like gravity. So if you would do it, if you jump down from a high tower, you will be flat like a pizza. Then you could say, oh, it's hurting. Yes, you are dumb. It will hurt, of course, because it's a law of nature. What is very interesting with, our, with us as a Christian, maybe you are tonight here and you're not a Christian, I tell you something very, a funny fact about Christians, or crazy or whatever fact about Christians. So we say, okay, we know God and God is our king. And we know the Bible is that we could live and we know things in the Bible, like spiritual laws. Then we read it, for example, it is written in this law, when you not forgive, you will not be forgiven. So we read it and say, oh no, that's not true. Not with Uncle Herbert. You see, I won't forgive him. You know Uncle Herbert? No, I, I won't forgive him. So I will break the spiritual law where God is telling in his kingdom, if you want to be free, if you want to be healed, listen to my law. If you break my law, it will break you. As the same way, if you break gravity, it will break you. So what are we doing as Christians? 
We break the law of God, then we fall down like in this picture from the height, or we are flat like a pizza, our heart is totally destroyed, and then we say to God, God, why? And then we complaining and complaining to God. Aren't we funny, guys? So we know it's in the law of the kingdom of God. We break it. It hurts us. And then we complaining to God. What is wrong with us? If you break it, it will break you. So this is all the time. So living in the kingdom of God, it means like living inside yourself in another country. So I'm making this picture for you. If you move to another country, let's say Great Britain. Somebody here who can speak British accent? Here. Yes, you? Yes. Can you say like, hello, Pastor Tobias, how are you in British? Hello, Pastor Tobias, how are you? Awesome. <laughs> British English is so beautiful. It's awesome. I have German accent, you see? Hello, I'm Tobias. So that's not good accent. But if I, when I want to move to Great Britain, I will recognize very fast the language is different. So when I want to live there, I won't have to start speaking English. I can say, I will speak German. You can do it, but you can't live there really. So if you want to live in the kingdom of God, your language will change. Why? You will read the Bible about that it's important what you're saying. If you say good things about you, it will bring you to life. If you say bad things about you, it will bring you to death. So I read the laws of God and recognize I will start speaking differently because I want to live in the kingdom of God where all the life is. So I will start speaking differently. Then, of course, the closing style will change. It depends where you go to. Maybe in Great Britain, I don't know. It's just, you, know, you look like me, that's okay. We can be together. The close day maybe is the same, but the behavior will be different. I recognize it when I've been on a Christian conference in England. And I was preaching on a stage like this, and there were only pastors and uh, leaders from England and America and from Australia, and some from Germany, and a uh, fully packed hall like this. And then I thought, how can I introduce myself? And I recognized that the English people, they pronounce my name wrong. They say Tobias. So Tobias is not my name, my name is Tobias, okay? But I thought, how can I explain the English-speaking people that my name is not Tobias, my name is Tobias? And then I had an idea, I thought it's funny. I thought, I explained like this, hello, I went to the stage, my name is Tobias, you can pronounce it like if you go in the pub and you order two beers. <laughs> I thought it's funny, yeah, it's funny, two beers. That's my name, okay. I went on stage, I start the message, said, hello, my name is Pastor Tobias, and you can pronounce my leg like you ordered two beers. So what I didn't know, that in some parts of the English-speaking world, this means the F word. I didn't know, did you know that? I didn't know, I thought it's funny, yeah? So my name is Pastor Tobias, Tobias, and I said, fuck you. I didn't know. Everybody was shocked. My team was laughing. They were laying on the ground. What did he do? He said, fuck you. I, you can't say this word. I'm sorry. I said it again. So you can't say it. It's not good. But I didn't know. You can Google it. Why it is like this. It's a funny, not funny story. It's in history why this means this word. So my behavior must be different if I want to live in the English-speaking world. 
So when I will live in the kingdom of God, my behavior will be changed because the Bible is telling us that my whole way, how I think, will be changed when I walk, walk, look in the mirror, it will change my whole life. Second example, I've been on the same conference and um, then we have been in a, in a hotel and there was a sauna and wellness, all the things. And I thought with the guys, uh, why don't we go in the wellness now, in the sauna? We said, yes, why not? And in Germany, a German style of sauna, I don't, know, I don't know about Switzerland, but the German way of sauna is like you go naked. It's like God, like, like God created you or the doctor changed you, I don't know, but <laughs> you're naked, okay? So we went there, only a towel, we talked, we went in, sat, sit down, and then I looked around, there were some pastors from England, and they had all bath trousers. There was a pastor from Asia, he had this, uh, this uh, what is the mantle? Bathrobe, he had a bathrobe on it, he was sweating a lot. And then the pastor from England said, excuse me, brother Tobias, Tobias, you know, uh, it's not German style here. It was very fast, it said, God save the queen, and was sitting with a towel again. So the behavior was totally different, I didn't know. So if you want to live inside of yourself, in the kingdom of God, your behavior will be changed. If you look in the mirror, if you see the laws of God, the, what he wants to do with spiritual laws, you will be changed. And of course, when you're in Britain, uh, you have to drive your car differently. Did you know that? So if you're from Switzerland, you have like the way to go on the right side, right traffic, and in England, it's on the left side, left traffic. So you can move to England and say, it doesn't matter for me. I stay in my, my old behavior, I won't drive on the left side. I will drive on the right side. Why? Because I can. You can do it, but it will kill you and other people. You will be hurt because you break the laws of this country. So the same is with us. When we break Spiritual laws of God, it will break us, it will destroy us and others. So if you want to live in the kingdom of God, first of all, you have to say yes to the king. Second, you have to say yes to his laws, not your laws. It will be changed. The way you think will be totally changed when you want to live inside of yourself in the kingdom of God while you're living outside in Zurich. So it doesn't mean if you are a Christian that you automatically live right now in the kingdom of God. It has to do with these two decisions. So now I want to watch in the mirror about the kingdom of God, about the perspective of, of eternity in some topics to see if we do it, we will see t things totally different. For example, I start with a very easy topic, money. So, if I don't have an eternity perspective, if I don't watch in the Word of God, I would say it's very important to save money here to enjoy life here. That's all. Okay? The problem is when I start looking in the mirror and the Word of God, I will recognize, okay, the problem is one day I will die and all things which I can't take with me when I die won't fulfill me fully right now when I'm living because I won't take them with me. Money, I won't take with me. They will stay 
here. And then I look in the Word of God, and God is telling me that He has like laws how I can live in a free way, how I can live healed in money. He's talking about tithing. If I understand God is good, He is telling me how can I live inside without fear of the future. I will say, Thank you, God, for this law. I will take it and I will live afterwards because I want to live free. So if I watch in the mirror, the perspective of money will be changed. I would say, how can I invest money that after my death, it will make a sense? In what do I want to invest money? It will be relationships, it will be people, and it will help people to be saved in eternity. Second thing is my time. Very awesome. One day we, we will stand before God, and on one hand we will regret things, on the other hand he will reward us what we did. So imagine about time. One day we stand before God and one guy will be there and say, hey God, I'm so happy when I look back in my life. You know Netflix, God? You know it? It's awesome. I watched 200,000 hours of Netflix series. God, it was awesome. Like every night, it was, I was a little bit addicted. It's okay, but it was awesome. Do you know this series? God says, yes. Do you know this series? Yes, I know it. No, this series, okay, it was not so good, but I watched it. Imagine this. One day, you will stand before God, before God and you will see your life, and you won't be so happy about all the time you wasted. I'm not against series and not against Netflix, but when you wasted your life, you will be very sad one day. When my father died at the funeral, funeral there was a guy, he came to my brother and myself and he told us a story. He said, on the day my father died, he had a bad feeling in the morning. He thought somebody is dying in his family. So he took his phone and called his children, his sons, his daughters, his wife, he was not at home, all the close people, he called them, are you okay? Because I had a bad feeling this morning. Everybody was okay, and then he recognized afterwards, right in the moment when he had the bad feeling that somebody close is dying, his spiritual father, my father, died. And then he said, when he was a teenager, he was in the youth group of my father, and my father told him about Jesus. He was saved, he recognized the kingdom of God, and he said, I'm so thankful that I had like a spiritual father, and it's really crazy that I felt he was dying in the moment he died. When I listened to this story, I knew on my funeral, I want these stories. I don't want the stories how many hours I wasted on Netflix. I want the stories where God was using me to reach people. Next thing, identity, success, my body, all the things, are, when I only look on this point, are very important in our society. Our success, very important. Do you know what? In the moment you will die, you would, won't ask about your success. It doesn't matter for you at all. Or the rewards you had, or the goals you achieved, it doesn't matter at all. When you die, you only want people at your bed who you love. So what does it mean to be wise because I know I will die, that I change my life and these priorities, for example, my body. In our society, our body is one of the most important things. How do I know that? Because look in the media, 
look in our cities, one of the most important things is how we look like, our clothing style, and that we are shaped. You know what is the less important thing when you die? Your body. Your body will be in a box and it will come under the earth. Your clothes, okay, I have to say you, when you go to the funeral of a loved person like my father, of course the family is talking about what kind of clothes will he wear where at his funeral. And you think about, oh, he liked this t-shirt, he liked this trousers, he liked uh, maybe this jacket. And you, of course, one last jacket, one last t-shirt, one last trousers, you give the dead person uh, for the funeral. You know he won't take it, but you say, okay, we give him this on the funeral. The less important thing is my body. The most important thing is my spirit and my soul. In a perspective, without the mirror, I lose myself in thinking about my body and don't take time to think about my soul and my spirit. But these two things I will take with me one day. Last example, relationships. When I'm in this perspective, I would say, oh, I, like a, I want to have a girlfriend, a boyfriend. Maybe you're searching right now, or your children searching a boyfriend or a girlfriend. If you only have this perspective, you say, I feel alone right now. That's why I want to have a boyfriend, girlfriend right now. Because I don't feel, want to feel alone right now. You don't think about that it will be impact eternity, because it matters which, what friend you have. Do you share your faith, yes or not? If not, it will impact not only here, it will impact the whole eternity, how you will live your life. So the perspective is totally different if you look in the mirror, if you look what God is telling you, and it will change you. If you want to live in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, say yes to the king and say yes to his word. Some people say, but pastor, I don't understand everything in this word. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, only because you don't understand, it doesn't mean, mean that it makes sense in the God, God's way how he sees it. For example, you don't understand all nature's laws, laws of nature's. Oh, do you know, understand all laws of nature's? All? I would say no. But it makes sense. So, I want to end this message with two things my father told me. He was on the intensive care unit for the last weeks in his life, and short time before I died, he said two things to me. He said, tell the people two things. And I will tell you the two things my father told me when he was dying. The first thing was when I was sitting in his bed and he was in this intensive care unit, all the cables everywhere, he was starting to pat my face like this for minutes. Then he started crying and he said, son, it's really sad that in the moment I die, I pat your face much more often than in my whole life before. My father grew up in a way where father didn't have the ability to have closeness and intimacy to his son. He didn't know how to do it. And he said, please tell, especially the man, that they have to allow intimacy to his children, to be close, have closeness with the children. Because one day, you will regret. 
Why? Because in the moment you die, you recognize what is the sense of life. What is the sense of life when I look in the word of God, in the mirror, I will tell you. It's like with a picture of a heart. The sense of life is to laugh. To love God, to love your neighbor, and love yourself. That's the sense of life. Why do you want all the close people in the moment you die? Why do we have only these three questions? Am I living in reconciliation to God, to my neighbor, and myself? Because these are the most important things. And that's why my father recognized that he failed. It's the second picture. It's like this crossing. Because we don't act out of love all the time. It starts in my family with my wife, with my son. I don't act out of love all the time. I know it. And this is what the people, is, what the Bible is telling us. This is sin. We don't reach the goal of God for your life, to love. We don't act out of love, so we destroy people with our words, our action. We destroy ourselves, and we destroy the relationship to God. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Because he took all the things where we don't love, and where sin is in our life, he took it on his, on his life on the, on the cross that we can uh, change it and be reconciled and start again. So the first thing my father said, told me, tell the people, especially the men, that they have to learn to have intimacy and closeness to, his, to their children. Second thing, when my father was laying there, he was 82 years old, in the intensive care unit, I said to him, Father, Daddy, are you ready to die? And he said, I don't want to die. I said, that's not my question. Are you ready to die? The crazy thing is, you can be 82 years old, living and sit and uh, laying in the intensive care unit, and still you don't want to think about death. Isn't this crazy? Okay, okay, Daddy, is there somebody you want to ask for forgiveness? Is there somebody you want to forgive? And he said, yes, bring all my family to me. And I started with my mother. I said to Mama, come with me, Daddy wants to talk with you. And then my father was crying, and he asked for forgiveness. And then my mother asked for forgiveness. They were crying. It was good because I recognized it's good that they forgive each other right before my father will die, but the Sad thing was, my father stopped speaking and said, why didn't we do this 40 years ago? And then my mother said, imagine what kind of life we could have lived if we have forgiven us 40 years ago. Then he took all his sons to his, to his bed, he asked for forgiveness, all his grandchildren, and then he died. He died in a reconciliation point in his life. He had reconciliation with God, with his neighbors, and with himself. And then he died. When you ask me, what is the goal of my life? I want to die like this. It doesn't matter when it's the point. I don't know how long I will live. Maybe one day, two years, 40 years. But I want to die at this point of reconciliation with God, my neighbor, and myself. And I asked my father, do you know where you go when you die? He said, yes, I know. I said, Daddy, I will read to you a part of the Bible. Because he invited Jesus in his life when he was 
a young adult, and he said, yes, I know that I will be with Jesus. And I, read him, I want to read this passage to you, what I read to him at his bed. Jesus is telling us, do not let your heart be troubled. He is talking to his disciples. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about the place that's a home for you in heaven. And he's talking about that he will prepare it. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there, prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus is telling you, when you die and you have reconciliation with God and you invited Jesus in your life, Jesus himself will come at, your, at the point where you die and will take you to heaven. Did you know that? He will come and take you. The people around you won't see it, but you will see it. Okay, and then this point comes, and he says, you know where the place is where I'm going. Um, and, and then one of my favorite disciples, Thomas, asks a question. We you know, you know why it's my favorite uh, disciple? Because he's asking all the smart questions. All the other disciples, I would say, they don't understand anything. They're like good Christians, they say, yes, Jesus. You go, prepare flats, I don't understand, but great. You will take me, awesome, awesome, amen, hallelujah. They don't understand the word. Only Thomas, he is saying, God, I don't understand anything. Where are you going? What are you preparing? And all the other disciples think, thank you, Thomas, that you asked. Then I don't feel so dumb. Thank you. If you have questions, you can ask God. If you have doubts, you can ask God. And then Jesus telling them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father, only to me. Do you know where you go when you die? Do you have peace with God? If not, you can react today and say, God, here I am. I want to have peace with you. I invite Jesus in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross. Do you have peace in your relationships? If not, remember what my father told me. Go fast for forgiveness. Don't wait. I want to end with this thought. My father had a lot of pain. The last weeks of his life weren't good. He was suffering. And if we only see this picture of our life, we say, oh, why do I have all this suffering, this illness maybe? There's one good thing if you have to go to suffer. You have the possibility to forgive people and ask for forgiveness. If you die like this, you don't have the chance. I want to invite you right now to pray and ask God what this message means to you. Then I invite you to close your eyes. It's a private moment between you and God. Thank you, Jesus, that you will speak right now. In this moment where we are silent, tell us what this message means for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you're knocking on our hearts. And if you're here tonight and you know you're not, you don't have peace with God, 
I invite you to pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, I invite you in my life. I know I don't achieve the goal of my life to love people, to love God, and to love myself. I need really your forgiveness. Invite Jesus in your life. And if you know Jesus, maybe today is the day we say, I want to live from now on in the kingdom of heaven, now. And I say yes to the king. You are my boss, God. And I want to read the Bible. I want to see what your will is. I want, don't want to break your laws because you are a good, a good father. Your ways are good. Teach me that I can understand them. In Jesus' name, amen.